below. Wonderful people in chat. I can now hit the like tweet that says we're live and not feel bad about it. And I can go back to Twitch, which is here so I can see everything on my phone. This is great. How are you, Ben? I'm well, Alex. It's a special night. You guys join us at the beginning of a very exciting award season. We are here to talk about the winners on the Modern Horizons 2 official awards ceremony. A lot of exciting nominees in many categories. We've been waiting to see the results for a solid week. And now we're excited to get to present those awards to you and see exactly who's going to come out on top. You know, this is this has been a multi-week long process where we had everyone nominate. We had the community nominate who they believed after getting the full preview of Modern Horizons 2, uh, uh, who they believed should be uh, able to win these awards. And then we had a week voting process on uh, actually voting for the awards. We had over 100 different submissions uh, for, for categories. We had 100 different submissions for, for voting. Uh, the community was heavily engaged we're proud of everybody um and and honestly i'm excited by this set you know this set seems to be um one of the best uh of all time there's a lot of really powerful cards already cards are making waves so we don't get too too deep into that Uh, how do you how do you feel ben you know alex i think this is one of the most exciting magic sets of all time it's truly reflective of the power level that eternal magic has fully embraced Uh, all of the cool mechanics that we get to see but also the fact that so many of those exciting mechanics have been pushed to complement what is now such a robust modern format it does really feel like when you look back at the history of this game and specifically this format since we've been covering it now for going on seven or eight years the power level compared to where it was the day we started this podcast, it's like we're playing a different sport at this point. And these cards, I think, really do reflect that power level. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I th- what's interesting to this versus Modern Horizons 1 is the power level seems a little bit more of a known quantity, I will say. Uh, so in, in the first one, they designed that set as a time spiled remastered first that then they realized would be being brought into modern. So a lot of those cards weren't really necessarily created to go into modern but were like tested for modern and and you saw that right you have stuff like hogak you have stuff like astrolabe that were more about like exploring themes this time like the power level stuff like uh the new noble hierarch the 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 and like leaning into to madness or other things where they're like no these are archetypes in modern that we wish were better and these are the things we're going to do to see if we can get them there (laughs) Yeah, I really do think that there are different things that complement many different decks, but I do think that the design was very, very smart. The design was was really, truly reflective, I think, of what the format has been, and I think also the expectation of what could the format withstand now if they were going to push things. And I do think that a couple years ago when we got that first Modern Horizon set, there was some sense of it that was correct, but there was also a lot of cards that I feel like there was a few cards that swung and hit grand slams and I, even on some level got the act of hitting a grand slam banned. Basically. I think there was other cards that tried to hit a home run and just completely whiffed a couple of the forces. For instance, if you compare the power level of those um, it's not so uncommon that you see that in magic's history. But I think if you look at, for instance, the cycle of the incarnations, they feel a lot more across the board useful. Whereas I think if you look at something like the red force from the previous set, it's just such a huge cut below the blue. It's almost like you're, you're talking about, different power level printings that you know you know what i'm saying yeah i mean mean, one of those cards isn't playable and limited and the other one is uh format defining in every format that it's legal in so uh it's hard to hard to yeah argue that 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 everything on that set but that's also something that's magic right magic always has cards that are not as good even if you go 
back to the old commands. I guess even the commands, the red one saw some amount of play, which I believe is the worst of that cycle. So you, yeah, there's definitely reasons to play all all of the cards, and and hopefully that this set does the same. It's already making waves in modern. De- the entire metagame's totally changed. We already have contenders for cards being banned. It's going to be an interesting experience to see. Having we actually have we have some awesome celebrities in the audience today. We have uh, Professor Minor Minor One over in the front row. We got uh, C Maz of thirteen. Uh, Tappy Toe Claws uh, is also uh, in the audience tonight. Um, so we have a great show for everyone. Uh, there won't be, uh, musical numbers will be happening. There won't. There won't. I don't unless Ben's prepared a musical. Are you able to do a musical number on this show? I mean, I could perform a song. I have the guitar here. I, I could perform a song at the end of the show if we wanted to do that. Are we, are we gonna we're gonna sing at we're gonna we're gonna do like the ending bit will be will be a little show. Okay. I, I'm putting Ben on the spot. This was not prepared. But like the Academy <laughs> was Awards have had musical all. things, things, all of the slow. We got House of House of Cards is in the house tonight. Uh yes. yeah, just just massive amounts of hype and uh, you know, like any good award show. We got good celebrities in the audience. Um, all right. So the way this is going to work is uh, we'll 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 bring up the category. We'll talk a little bit about the category. Uh, we'll then go into uh, each of the 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 different nominees. We're not going to break down the nominees. We just recorded, actually released this morning. Uh, today is Tuesday. Yesterday morning, um, the breakdowns of each of the nominees, at least for the main uh, color categories. So if you want to check that out, definitely go go look at that on YouTube. Uh, and uh, or that was last week for people watching this next week on the youtube channel that you're on right now unless you're on twitch which that's that's happening live now actually oh we also have a bunch of new emotes so please throw those in the chat um and then we'll uh open that envelope and then we'll 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 show the card we'll we'll talk about the card and then sometimes those cards will be accepted uh there's a few cards out here that will will have have uh actually the people winning the awards are are in in, available in the audience so we'll we'll see how that goes as well we've got a wonderful slew of guests and other uh you know exciting sketches and things prepared that you guys are going to see intercut throughout the show some you know some celebrity cameos but without further ado alex i think we should probably get into the first category right so this is the awards for the best of modern horizons 2 the first category we'll be talking about tonight is best legendary creature these are the legends right these are creatures uh in different zones possibly these are creatures that can lead an army into battle and commander uh, can't hang out together. Um, really, really some exciting personalities here, uh, creating archetypes long waited to see creating cards, uh, often not played by uh, people. This is, this is the best legendary ca- uh, creatures. Any, anything before I list off the nominees, Ben? No, I think you're, uh, I think you're doing real well here. Perfect. All right. So the nominees are Grist, the hunger tide Garth, one eye, Chatterfang Squirrel General, as not going to say that card all the way through once in my life, Mordemordictor <laughs> and Ragavan Nimble Pilferer. Now, Alex, I know in this category where I would go. I know what I would vote for, and I know what I expect to see. But what's going to happen here, I think, is something that we're all a little bit curious about. There are a few fan favorites in here, and there are some pound-for-pound powerful cards, as well as one card that nobody can properly pronounce. That's true. That's true. And uh, luckily, we do have someone, I believe, may be accepting the award. There are two contenders. Uh, So, and the best legendary creature is... Regavon, Nimble Pilferer. And we do have uh, Carson Massey in the audience here to accept the award for uh, Mr. Pilferer. 
this is Raghavan's first award of the night. Yes, yes. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to welcome to the audience. Uh, uh, everyone, give a clap for, for Mr. Carson accepting the award uh, for for this pirate friend. It's true. Uh, I was told to accept the award on the occasion that Raghavan won. Uh, he prepared some words for me to, to share with you all today, uh, but they're illegible, so we won't worry about that. <laughs> Uh, I think he I thank I thank you both on behalf of him for the free stuff, as I'm sure he would want me to say. Oh, yeah. Please, please uh, make sure to check all of Carson's pockets uh, for silverware and or crystal. Uh, We we really don't need uh, to pay. We have to pay that deposit back. Um, All right. So so honestly, I'm I was surprised. I thought a more gold oriented uh, commander would be something printed uh, picked for that legendary creature spot. But obviously, this is a cute option this character is extraordinarily powerful one of the best red drops printed of all time uh and i think really powerful in the command zone as well i think this monkey is going to do a lot of great things i talked oh very openly about this is my favorite card in the set uh we are going to be playing a stream on this very channel next monday showing off our new commanders i had decided to build ragavan two weeks ago um so i've got a full ragavan deck already built i feel very strongly about it you know the thing you mentioned about one of the best red drops ever for the longest time uh, the red mythic spot in master sets was taken up by Kikijiki. Wizards struggled to find a really you know exciting red mythic rare to put in that slot in the master's level sets. Makes you wonder, is this card going to be so good and so sought after this is going to become that slot in many reprint master sets to come? I kind of think so. I mean, I mean, as as one of the mythics, I believe it is the most expensive non-specialized card in the set so so it, it's, wow. it's 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 he's he's stolen a lot of gold a lot of treasure and so he's holding his status carson and a lot of hearts and, a, and a, if i do if i may say and so. a lot of hearts uh <laughs> uh and 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 carson what are you most excited to see uh with your 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 little monkey friend my monkey friend yes. uh i i'm just excited to see all the piles and piles of treasure that he's able to amass uh ben make my boy proud oh it's you're gonna love this one you're gonna really love this deck i'm doing some clever stuff all all right looking forward all right, to now it. that's i hear the i hear the the music playing uh carson off sorry carson we're gonna have to keep you off the stage now uh <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you uh have fun in the audience uh, make sure not to steal any of that silverware we now go to our first i'll make no promises you wonder what's the brand what's who's who's gonna get the first commercial slot what are they advertising how much money did they spend on the slot so yeah so tonight uh is sponsored by tcg player uh if you use a code linked below uh then as you shop in tcg player they help us out so you don't it doesn't cost you anything you don't have to put a code anything you just have to click on that and you will get you will get that uh to your that will help us helps the podcast helps the stream it's super appreciated also, shout out to all of our subs uh, on Twitch and all of our patrons. You also are the reason that this show happens. Now, back to our scheduled programming. Uh, welcome to this show. Uh, the next category is the best EDH in the 99 card. So this could be a legendary creature. It could not be. Uh, this is a card that you uh, would hang out. Uh, in your 99 uh, deck doesn't necessarily have to be a commander um, and would just be a powerful commander card. Uh, This is a category that a lot of powerful things are available and uh, we have four cards nominated. The nominees are Solitude, Damn, Sword of Hearth and Home, and Duwathi Voidwalker. Uh, Four four heavy hitters, uh, you know, Damn can 
currently considered one of the best board wipe ever printed. Sword and Hearth and Home, extraordinarily powerful artifact. Goes in a lot of decks. Uh, Duathi Vordwalker, my personal favorite, seeing that it um, was our preview card. And Solitude, uh, Swords of Flash Year is now a modern. I'm, I'm, I think this is a this is a pretty competitive category to me. I know what I would choose, but. Um, I also think that we're going to get a lot of like in the categories that are pulling from other places. I think black as a nomination, as a color has, has come up very far ahead. Uh, so I think black has a lot, of, a lot of space up and moving up in the world, but we do have two white cards in the sense of overload from dam and solitude. And even if you want to talk about half of, uh, the, the home half of hearth and home. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it, there, there is a lot of interesting stuff there interplay with the different colors. So what do you kind of know where you think this is going to go? Uh, I feel, you know, I know where I, where I what which of these cards I'm going to be playing the most in Commander. Uh, I believe that like as a uh, person who likes good removal spells in white uh, or just the ability to eat stuff that my opponents are playing in black. I think both Solitude and Dwathi Voidwalker are personally my favorites, uh, but we're, we're going to see. And the best EDH 99 card goes to sort of Hearth and Home. Uh, Interesting. Yes, yes. Interesting win. Uh, this is a card that is going to see probably significant play. Oh. There we go. Significant play kind of across the board. Uh, the ability to blink and putting a land into play untapped is pretty significant in Commander and just the Swords of Seed play a long time. This is maybe top three of those swords in general. I don't think it's better than necessarily Sword and Fire and Ice and Sword and Feast and Famine, but I think it's right up there. It's doing some pretty great stuff. I think when you talk about in the 99, that's where this really shines and stands out. I think in a way that it's hard for, uh, you know, a card like Fire and Ice to stand up quite as well. I think this is a really strong option and one. Uh, the protections are also, you know, interesting in terms of the colors, as you mentioned a second ago. But um, the fact that this is a colorless card that does not have any mana symbols and fits into any deck uh, is especially powerful. And I think especially good. Yeah, I think I think that really benefited. Originally, this category, when uh, the nominations were provided, was split in the two categories both cdh and regular commander due to just the variety of what commander is those categories got smushed together and i do think that sword of hearth and home ended up being just appreciated from from all angles right it's colorless as you said it can go in any deck uh getting that land on the play untapped is pretty pretty underrated and blinking a creature is obviously very powerful as a restoration angel stand myself i'm 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 pretty excited I mean, that's just always something that you're going to like. I feel like no matter what, right? If you're a, if you're a fan of magic and have been for a long time, who doesn't like blinking? And that is that is like one of the most standard staple things any magic player learns uh, is that ETB effects are awesome and very like fun. The fact that I can sort of hearth and home with Stoneforge Mystic, get a, get Stoneforge Mystic, get this, attach the Stoneforge Mystic, blink the Stoneforge Mystic, go get the Batter Skull or the next sword down the line and kind of keep looping that is on its own. Caldra complete. Just what I'm excited about. Uh, about. All right, next. Next, you ready for the next category? Let's do All it. All right, next we have best red card. Now, this is a fiery category, very lit. Uh, we're going to have a lot of different strong competitors uh, across the board. There are five contenders. Uh, there was a last minute addition to this category, which I'm excited to see how the, how they did. I also think this one uh, has a chance of changing in the future, but we're, we're you know, we're dealing with the present um, and I'm excited to see what the nominees are. And so the nominations are Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer, Imperial Recruiter, Goblin Bombardment, 
Blazing Rootwalla and Dragon's Rage Channeler. Okay, so I feel like I feel like I have a pretty clear sense of where this is going to go, um, or at least where it's not going to go. And uh, it's a very, very strong category. There's a lot of heat coming off the category, I got to say. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't think that the red going into this Modern Horizons before PB season was going to come out so strong. You know, two of these cards are reprints. Uh, a third one of these cards is a color shift away from green. So a lot of legacy behind this effect. Uh, you know, I was probably most excited walking in with Imperial Recruiter. I have seen insane plays off of the back of Dragon's Rage Channeler in the most uh, the in the recent weeks. The fact that it allows you to bin so many cards on turn two, even getting multiple Phoenixes into the graveyard is just like, Massive place, and I'm excited to see uh, what it does in the future. We've already discussed uh, Ragavan uh, and his ability to just earn a, a lot of value uh, very early in the game, and then Blazing Rootwall of being able to just be discarded for free and putting a creature into play, you know, basically for free into play is is always something to look at. Free cards are something that I'm always uh, wary of. Yeah, I do think the Dragon's Rage Channeler. We talked pretty much at length about that card and its its relationship and sort of a Delver style deck and how much better you think it is than Delver. So it'll be curious to see as we go forward if uh, Delver becomes even more extinct than I think Delver is currently, and if this card starts to take its place. Uh, really forever and ever. And it does kind of seem like that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I think let's get to the winners. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the record saying Delver is Secrets is a bad card and Dragon Rage Chandler is just strictly better. Uh, and then Goblin Bombardment is also, you know, a free sack out. It does damage playable in every format it's in. Uh, and the best red card goes to... Ragavan again uh, comes back on top, and and again we we do have Carson uh, Carson Massey to to present. Uh, welcome back to the stage. Thank you. It's good to be back. So, uh, did you think you'd be walking on with two awards tonight? Uh, the thought did cross my mind, Alex. Wow, wow. Ragavan is very proud of his zero accomplishments so far. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. He, he was he was hyping himself up real hard on the ride over. You, you are a treasure. Uh, you've dashed your way to a double victory. And honestly, uh, I, I didn't see it coming. But here we are. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what what you what uh, this 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 card can do in the future and what what different shenanigans you're going to get into. You know, let me ask you guys this question really quickly before you leave. Uh, the reality of Ragavan being a legendary creature is such that playing multiples of this card at the highest level of playing four and a 60, um, powerful, but definitely the kind of thing where you, you could find yourself getting stuck with extra cards in your hand quite easily. Um, do you think it is a huge drawback in, in a car, in, a, in, in the type of card that you want in your opening hand? I think it's good enough to run four of index that want it regardless of that drawback. I think, I think the fact that it draws you um, cards basically when it does damage for a pretty, really inexpensive cost allows it to be able to mitigate the card disadvantage by drawing multiples by getting advantage. It's also pretty like weak, right? Like you can attack into your opponent with multiple attackers. They might block him. So you don't draw that card and gain that treasure, allowing you to play the second one on the next turn or that turn after that attack step. And then uh, the, also, the fact that this also works with Mox Amber, right? I think that's something that people are really taking advantage of. And with Ragavan in a Mox Amber, you can play Blood Moons on turn two and just lock your opponents out of the game. And then card advantage doesn't matter anymore because you can play your cards and they can't. If only one person is playing Magic, then the game's really easy. 
Sick. So, so, so I like the idea. Of, I like the idea of winning that way. Uh, thank you, Carson, for both uh, stealing the show and stealing these awards uh, and stealing our hearts. And we'll, we'll. Uh, thank you, Ragman, for stealing our hearts. Happy to do it. All right, right uh, <laughs> let's get to the next award. Uh, next on the list is uh, is the best black card. We're now we're now we're doing the colors. This is uh, some of the heavy hitters. These are some of the most important categories of the night. Uh, we're starting with these and we'll get to some of the more technical awards in the middle. Um, but best black card. This is honestly one of the most competitive categories. There are multiple options here that later on will be making it into best card categories, best new card categories, nominations across the board. Um, some of these cards are are are, uh, you know, classic uh, Masters of Modern MM cast preview cards that will go on in the in the history as as a part of the history of this podcast and show. And uh, I'm ready to get right to it. Any anything on 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 what you feel about the the color uh, black from Modern Horizons two before reading off these nominees? I mean, I think two of the strongest cards in the entire set are black cards. So I think it's hard to not say that it's one of, if not the single strongest color in the entire set. Man, I don't red red to me red to me throws a big curveball. I mean, the dragon shade ran like the, that was a very competitive field, but I do think black. I think black and red are, are currently uh, winning, and the nominees are damn, Duathi Voidwalker, grief, and persist. Only four nominees, but that's a pretty pretty stacked list of four cards. We have Animate Dead. We have a Free Thought Seize. We have Rest in Peace meets a Shadow Creature meets a Card Draw. Puts Emrakul's into play. Uh, Voidwalker. And then we have one of the best board wipes ever printed. Uh, this is a pretty stacked board. How, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I really do think that this one stands out. I think that this one stands out as the most practically strong. Whereas I think Red has some really interesting cards that you know have a lot of potential to do great things. I think that this one to me really stands out as uh, the sort of practical nature of the strength of these cards and how they compare to old versions. That's to me where this really stands out because while you know, you know, Bombardment's a great card as a, as a good example. You know, Bombardment's not something that we had had that good of a version of in red, right? But, like, also traditionally in modern, you weren't really looking to do that in red. It's cool you could do that in red now. Uh, you know, you could do it with the dragon guy before, but usually stack outlets had been colorless or black. You know, the fact that you're just basically getting damn is essentially just a removal spell that then doubles as a, as a board wipe. We already had both of those in black. Now you have this version of it. You know, the, the idea that you had something like uh, Goryeo's Vengeance or, or, or cards like that. But now, you know, you're adding in what you're getting with Persist. I think you had Thoughtseize. Now you're getting a ditch a card free Thoughtseize type of thing. I think it's just accelerating effects that we already had. And I think that's why Black is truly so strong. I, 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 I can agree with that. I think like the power level right before murder didn't exist just straight up. And this is murder, murder plus no regeneration clause on damn for two mana, right? We had three mana or we had two mana with like obscure things it can't kill. Like you can't kill merfolk uh, is like an option for black, black. Uh, but the fact that right. this is just straight up kill a creature can't be regenerated. And then late game, it's a board wipe is 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 pretty astounding. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how these do. Uh, and, and I think it's time to read off uh, the award. And this is and the best black card is. Duathi Voidwalker. Uh, this is. Uh, wow. 
surprise, surprise. This is, I think, when I was when I was putting all this down and figuring out and, and building the envelopes. The 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 biggest upset. Dwathi Voidwalker comes in on top, winning best black card in the set. Uh, how do you feel, Ben? How do you feel? Uh, uh, I'm going to let you accept this award on behalf of the podcast. Well, I'd, I'd like to point out there's something really fun that's happened for you guys, and this is both a function of Alex pulling far more weight when it comes to the hard work of this podcast, but also the fact that I didn't get to, like I didn't talk about the results with him, so I have no idea who's going to win any of the categories. Alex does, but I'm purely surprised every time. Uh, so I actually think it's super fun because I did not think that Dothy Voidwalker was going to win. I, I thought this was going to lose. I was pretty sure Grief was going to win. Um, it's especially exciting for us both because this was our preview card and we got to, we got to break the news of this card to the world. Uh, you know, it came out of the shadows and, and now here it is. So, um, I, I think it's an insanely powerful card. I think we knew it was insanely powerful when we, when we got to preview it. I think probably what's so unique about this card is that it's doing, you know, how we always talk about in human decks and in merfolk decks, the reason those decks were so good was because they were being aggressive while also disruptive. That's just a very, very rare feat. You don't get very many cards that get printed that have the level of disruption that you want while also being the level of disruptive or aggressive you need. Three power that's unblockable for two that nukes graveyards is just a bananas card. It's just a ridiculous card. You're getting so much out of it. You're getting two cards for one almost every time. And then, then add the fact that the third ability is like icing on the cake, where if you're able to get something really powerful out of your opponent, that's, you know, a free... like three drop even or four drop is just so so above and beyond what you'd expect this card does a lot of things i think i think part of this is that out of the gates grief has also seen a little bit less play than people expected uh since since launch i think when it was first previewed everyone thought it was insane but realizing that like unless you're really ephemerating it um the value you get out of it is a little bit behind because you're going two down for one thought sees off of the card like the the you, you are losing out on on card advantage um and also i think like it's going to see play in the long run in more decks that are more reactive and those decks often don't do well first day of the gate because you don't know what's good so you don't know which answer packets you need to kind of come into the field with uh and then with the other two two options that it beat i think you just like damn is a white black card it's kind of a gold card i think that lost its points and then persist i think was definitely the 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 least likely to win but i'm 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 proud of this void walker making it on top it's exciting for us. I actually think that the thing uh, that that really stands out to me, and you talk, we talked about this on last week's show, but I think the thing that really stands out to me is the fact that black-white as a color combination is already such a subpar option compared to a lot of the best ones that if you compare, let's just take Supreme Verdict as a great example of one of the most played board wipes in modern history, and that's a multicolor board wipe, it only requires you to have a single blue. So you can still lean heavily no matter which version of the deck you're playing that in, whether it's in the Jeskai version, if it's in the blue-white version, you can still lean heavily into knowing you have to hit double-white. Having to be able to hit double-white or double-black to play this card, um, or double-white and double-black to overload this card, I think does actually reduce its effectiveness more than people maybe anticipated, because while you can play every color in modern, you know, that's getting harder and harder. Like there are a lot of things that punish you for trying to be that aggressive. What do you think? I think people are already trying to hit double black, right? Like you have Liliana, you have other black travel decks where like with Dam, I think you like also if you stumble on a Dwathi Voidwalker, you don't lose. If you don't have Dam to be able to kill your opponent's threat, the turn you need it to be able to kill your opponent's threat, you're now a little bit behind. And the fact that it's a sorcery hurts it as well. Um, yep. All right. Next category. 
best green card. This is this is now we're now through the forest. We're through the swamp. We're into the forest. Uh, this is a uh, pretty competitive category. Uh, there's definitely I think this one had one that was coming out on top um, for me going into it, though I was surprised just to have the power level. Uh, I think also when we were in the middle of preview season, because there's the Urborg, the green Urborg, but that's technically in the land category. People were right. like, oh, green. Like I was surprised there was only four nominations. And I think part of that is that in my head, that's a green card, but that's in the land category, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but so I'm going to just read off these nominations. Anything you want to say about green before we go into the nominations? No, no, no. I think green's a strong color. I do think black and red are the most powerful, but I like some of the green cards. Um, I'm excited. And the nominations for best green card are Gaia's Will, Endurance, Chatterfang Squirrel General, and Ignoble Hierarch. Uh, these are, you know, obviously all great contenders. Some of these are references to some of the most powerful cards ever printed. Gaia's Will being the green version of Yagamoth's Will. Noble Hierarch and Ignoble Hierarch obviously being mere images of themselves. We have a Squirrel Commander uh, that has infinite potential with its sacrifice ability to do a, the wipe the board that your opponents are playing as long as well as infinite acorns, if you will, <laughs> as well as making a great token commander that does a lot of really powerful things uh, and, and has other infinite options. And then Endurance, one of the best graveyard hate cards ever printed, as well as a decent beater and threat with Flash in, in green as well. So uh Hello, Mishotem. More, more famous people in the audience. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what, what are your thoughts on our green nominees before we get to get to reading the award? You know, I think some of them are a little bit more trap than others. I think that probably, if we're being honest, the uh, you know endurance is very, very good. It's exactly what you would want it to be. I think that probably the decks that are going to want a free spell like that are maybe a little less interested in the creature half of it. It feels like there's a lot of things that you could be doing that are not playing a creature uh, that that gets you kind of an effect like you want. That's pretty efficient. On the other hand, uh, the fact that it is is a great size body. I think we've talked about that before. It's one of the things that's my favorite about that card. To me, there's really only one option here, um, and I think it's pretty clear what it's going to be. Um, I also think that Gaia's Will will have its day in the sun. I think it's it's a card that is very cool and I think will be used in the correct decks in a very cool way, but there is just an obvious choice here. Interesting. So I think, I think if I were to pick the most overrated, it would be Gaia's Will on this list. I've like the people's response to it. I think like suspend four is a real cost and the kinds of decks that want to cheat suspend are not necessarily the kinds of decks that want to be Yagamoth's willing, right? Versus Endurance, which I think will be a role player in the format forever. And I've actually been very surprised. There's some cool lists out there, both taking advantage of just regular tokens, but also even the artifact tokens and Chatterfang and doing some broken stuff. So I think I think Chatterfang is actually going to see a little bit more play than than you think. And then obviously uh, uh, Ignoble Hierarch is hanging out there being kind of a mediocre card. I don't know how it made on this list. Uh, and the best green card is... Ignoble Hierarch. <laughs> uh, surprising everyone. Total, total, totally from left field. This little goblin shaman has come to the top. He protects the fetid bog from the light, life, and the hideous, hideous sounds of laughter. Uh, and he's just, I don't, there's not a lot I have to say that hasn't been said about Ignoble Hierarch other than I'm excited to get uh, to play eight uh, Hierarchs in a single deck at some point and be blown out by a Pyroclasm. It does make me wonder, like, because of the fact that we already had Noble Hierarch and because it was already so played um, and because of the fact that Ignoble Hierarch doesn't add as much as, say, like a, like a you know, Deathrite Shaman, for instance, which is obviously one of the most powerful cards ever printed. It doesn't differentiate as much. It, it does make me wonder if 
is ignoble hierarch being slightly overrated it's being talked about as one of the two or three best cards in the set um or do you think it's just as good as advertised because your ability to play four of each is that is just that good i think i think that it's already seeing play i think it's as good as people think it's going to be i think that there are a lot of decks that instead of birds of paradise they wanted just more exalted triggers to be available that this is going to be important for i think also just the colors matter right like i've now seen green black and feckless and they previously really weren't able to do that because noble hierarch didn't really get you the colors that were not blue uh i've seen it in classic list. like i think that it's just such a powerful effect um, and going into different colors opens up the options of decks that we'd be playing in Noble Hierarch. And it's a goblin uh, and a shaman, which may one day be relevant, but isn't right now. Uh, yeah, so I think I think this card is is more more truth than myth. Very good. All right. Very good. Indeed. Next category. Best blue card. Uh, this one uh, was a little bit of a flatter. I mean, there's definitely some contenders here already seeing a lot of play. Um, there are cards that didn't make it onto the list that I think people were really hoping that would. Uh, it is it is a five. There are five nominees, uh, and I think I think it's best just to uh, before we get into Ben anything before we read the nominees off. Uh, no, no, no. I think this is. I mean, I think for me, there's you know uh, one blue card really that comes to mind. Two blue cards that come to mind that have similar abilities that are both great. Uh, and then funnily enough, a few other cards that I love. I'm this is a shocking category for me because some of the cards that I think aren't going to win right now are so astoundingly good uh, that I'm I'm just sort of I, I'm just sort of I'm sort of shocked by that. But yeah, well, yeah. well, well these are the nominees. Counterspell. Merktide Regent, Suspend, Thought Monitor, and Civellion of Sea and Sky. And I'm never going to pronounce that card the same way twice again. Uh, I think this, you know, this category is uh, pretty competitive in some ways. Like Suspend is an insane card, right? Like that card is already like going to really do be really powerful. It might be as powerful as Path to Exile and Swords of Shares, which I do think puts it above and beyond just even Counterspell's power level. Counterspell is Counterspell. I, you know, it, the, another one that hasn't said Merktide Regent has already seen tons of play, uh, being able to be able to just a, a big uh, threat. And then kind of for the same reason from a different angle, Thought Monitor being a card dry engine has given Affinity new legs. Uh, there's a lot of really powerful stuff here. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, I think all of them, that's what I, that's what I meant. And when the card I mentioned that was so similar was Force of Negation being similar to Counterspell, which was not even, not even included in the nominations. I think Blue is underrated stacked compared to some of these others actually i think that these options are, are bonkers i know where i think this is going but i wouldn't be shocked if i'm wrong all right and let's just get right into it and the best blue card is counterspell this okay this is this is it one of the big up. blowouts it wasn't even close in the polls i'll tell you that uh just came out on top i think this is going to be a format defining moment i think to your point about black i do think people are underrating double blue as a cost but i just it's it's counterspell this this should have been who 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 whomst among among us has not been either terrified by open blue blue or excited to be able to pass with open blue blue well, let me ask you this question. Do you think that it's possible that the strength of blue blue uh, counter target spell is overblown enough in a format as strong as this one now that people are actually going to be underwhelmed by the power of this card? That in fact, something like something like suspend is actually a more interesting ad and will actually see more play. Do you think that's possible? Marktide Regent. I think, I think it is possible that suspend over time sees more play. I think it's a more versatile card than counterspell, but I think pound for pound counterspell will be more powerful in the decks that are able to play it than 
than uh, uh, suspend. Um, I think also I, uh, one thing I, we subtlety was the big uh, snub uh, from this category. There were a lot of people pushing for subtlety and just wasn't able to make it across that uh, across that nomination desk. Uh, but counterspell counterspell brought it in. Uh, I think it's a soft B there on subtlety. Maybe you're probably right. Uh, and but I there's, hope you, there's I some hope you sages. Sub, I hope you say subtlety forever, though. I hope uh, you never you don't. Say I was subtlety. bullied on uh, TikTok uh, <laughs> by Barbarian Riddles about this, and I uh, ended up deleting that TikTok because it made me sad. Uh, thank you for bringing up that traumatizing moment, Ben. Uh, best white card. <laughs> um, this is competitive category. You know, a lot of people were coming into Modern Horizons 2 hoping for white to get a lot more power. And I think I think in some ways it did. I think like this, just across the board in multiple formats, white is very strong. Um, and and we're going to see what that looks like. Uh, what, what were you looking for most to white when coming into this this event? No, I think I think probably the thing I was the most excited for was uh, I wanted to see them take some of the most powerful concepts from the first Horizons and push. I was I wanted a more I wanted a more across the board explosive set. Um, and I think it's kind of what we got. So I feel like the design actually has been pretty perfect so far. I was wondering, uh, I was wondering how many cycles they would see completed or how many times that they would go to an old mechanic that had been problematic and push that. So something like a Merktide region, I think is none, isn't like an unsurprising design, but I'm glad they did. And it seems like across the board, they went more and more towards that. Um, the incarnations obviously being free spells, you know, things like that. I think they, they delivered on a lot of the stuff I hope we would get to see. Yeah, I think I think, you know, one of the things I wanted to see was white getting card advantage, right? I think that's the thing people are most looking for. Part of that is for commander, right? You have the effect that, that format is currently in need of white having variety of gameplay styles. And I think that's something that definitely got in spades. Um, from a four mana reanimate spell to to some card draw engines and then and then just some powerful stuff for standard that doesn't break it in half, right? Because that's the problem with white is in constructed white has never been unpowerful. White has been a defining color of modern since its beginning. Um, has seen tons of play throughout its existence. Stoneforge Mystic obviously being unbanned continued that that track record, and it it more needing to get a variety of play style and power level versus leaning into what it's already good at is what I was looking for. And we got some of that. We didn't get some of it was just leaning into why it's already powerful. Uh, but the best white cards are karmic guide, solitude, prismatic ending and Esper Sentinel. Now these are uh, a reanimation spell, two removal spells, uh, exile removal spells, and then, and then one card draw engine and tax effect. Uh, all, all, all hate bear, if you will, human hate bear, if you will, yeah, human, yeah, human, human soldier hate bear, <laughs> human, a human soldier hate bear. Uh, and I mean, personally, I'm most excited by Karmic Guide of these four to see play. Uh, it's a five mana spell, which does put it a little bit over the top, but the ability for it to just uh, be such a good reanimator engine. Um, is something I'm really excited by. Prismatic ending very early on was kind of pointed out as like one of the more powerful cards. It's interesting enough. It's kind of like a preview card we did. It's like the one mana exile a one drop, but this one now scales with the colors you're playing, which is really good. Um, Esper Sentinel already a commander staple that's going to see play. It has, has a pretty decent chance just based off of it being an artifact creature, a human, a one drop that draws you cards and taxes and or taxes your opponent is something that I think will see play in the format. And then obviously solitude is, is the, a second path to exile variant in the format, uh, an, an option. 
that one's just a bonkers card. I mean, that just that card is just insane. And that card also that card also opens up the possibility, I think, more and more and more to just go heavy on mono white decks. Um, you know, you can you can there any number of mono white decks that you want to play, I think become more and more viable because if you can play four path and four of this card, you're never gonna be stuck with too many removal spells because you know the card is good on its own anyway. Um, as a creature, it actually it's you know, the fact the fact that that's the thing about the incarnations that's so cool is that um it's more of that stuff we keep talking about, which is magic where cards are good early and they're good late. They're good in multiple situations. And that's the design that they're doing. And that's why these are so cool is because a spell, a spell that you can just cast and you just get the effect of the spell is fine. But a creature that also gets the effect of the spell that you can cast for free is especially cool because it do- it doubles it. It turbocharges the card. It makes it more fun to play the card in your deck. Right, right. So I think that, uh, you know, I think the card has, a, I think it has legs. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be sitting in solitude for too long. Agreed. Agreed now. But I think it's time to find out what the best white card is and the best white card in Modern Horizons 2 is. Solitude. Uh, kind of, this is one of the probably the easier picks going into it. Very, 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 very powerful. Just even as a five mana flash lifelink 3-2 threat uh, late game that eats a, eats a creature, it's already kind of above and beyond in power level and then, and then the ability to evoke it. Uh, is is super strong or ephemerate it? Uh, we've we've this is definitely one of the easy this this and ignoble hierarch I think were my two like slam dunk locks. These are gonna win the set uh, and and here we are. Yeah, I mean I think this card to me if I was gonna if I was gonna rank as you said uh, maybe most most common three or five options to win the awards um, solitude would be right in that top couple conversation. Um, Question is, would you have ranked this or Grief higher in your mind to have won a, won an award first in the evening? Uh, Solitude. I would have I would have uh, had above Grief. Okay. Uh, but mostly because the category is more, less competitive, right? Like if if like mostly because I saw the results and you didn't, so I actually yeah. uh, I watched them as they were voting. Uh, no, uh, I think I think walking into once I had the nominations, Solitude was just so above and beyond. Also, just in the nomination process. Uh, a highly picked where Voidwalker and and grief were were very competitive from the very beginning. So it was a hard. It would I would have been more worried to bet money on the on the former than the later, um, or the later than the former. Whatever. Uh, who knows? All right. Now uh, we are going next to best gold card. This is a another competitive category. This did honestly, if this category did not exist, some of my picks for most nubbed would have uh, would be one of these. Um, I think Gist or Grist is uh, one of those. But um, these are a selection of powerful cards. Some reprint, some new, some break the rules. Uh, we have in the gold category: Grist, the Hunger Tide, Shardless Agent, right. Sithis, Harvest Hand. Asmore, not going to say all of this words, Amaldakar, uh, and Dakon, Shadow Slayer. These are, these are two Planeswalkers, uh, one of the most asked for reprints into modern, probably in history. Like it's this Baleful Strix, and I can't think of anything else with Shardless Agent, uh, one of the most powerful Enchantresses ever printed, um, a card since Alpha that people have not been able to say the full name of, and then Dakon. One of the most popular magic characters of all time. Face of the set. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is a pretty stacked, and uh, let me hide uh, us, pretty stacked board. Um, uh, the, I have a decent sense of what's going to win, but I don't feel sure of it. 
Mm, okay. I, this was, by the way, this was another upset. I would say, I would say there are four categories that were big upsets to me, and this, this to me was one of them. Um, but uh, obviously, it's an honor to be nominated for these these candidates. Grist uh, breaks the game in some ways. You know, it, it it changes the rules of how a planeswalker works outside of play. So cards that reference characters, creatures from a collected company uh, to uh, a reanimation effect uh, can get Grist into play, which is obviously really cool. Shardless Agent already already working up a storm, already creating decks, bringing back the Cascade format as we know it. Um, Scythus allowing enchantress. This was this was the card that I began building and may be, be still building for next week's uh, Commander stream. Um, as Asmore is seeing a ton of play already, a powerful three three for one mana. That what card are you seeing? Let's see. As as uh, it is. Here, someone brought I'm not the sure I know what card you were referring to. Asmoran de Kai Dystinakal Dakar. Did my best. <laughs> um, uh, uh, she is already seeing play. And then Dakon's an awesome reanimation threat uh, that uh, gives you card advantage and a removal spell that does all the things you need in a Planeswalker for three mana. That's great late game and good early game. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see who wins. Uh, are you? I am absolutely excited. All right, and I hope it's I hope it's the name that we can't say because I hope you have to I hope you have to announce it. <laughs> uh, don't worry, uh, if it's that we do have a representative on her behalf, and the best and the best gold card is Asmorana Mordecai Dustindakaibildakar is the winner of best gold card, and on her behalf we have Oddward Frenry here uh, to to talk to us today. Hello, welcome. Hello, I am happy to be here uh, on behalf of Asmorana Mardika Dyson in the Kuldakar, because she is off in Zarapa right now, uh, trying to find some new uses for Minotaur meat. Mm. It's, I've heard it's gamey, so I'm excited to see what she can do with it. The confidence with which you ushered the name, uttered the name just now, was incredible. I uh, I feel like you must have you must have practiced that. I don't know, 30, 40 minutes straight. <laughs> well, I. Uh, as, as you may know, um, she has been around for a long time. Uh, it's coming up uh, in a couple months on 28 years that she's been trying to get on a, a card, uh, ever since being on the flavor text for Granite Gargoyle and Alpha. And then a couple more flavor texts and then a, a short story as well since then. But uh, it's been a long time coming. There, there are literally no names uh, that have been in the game of magic as long as she has, nor any names in magic that are as long as her name is. Uh, it's, it's an impressive feat on both ends. Uh, and, and I'm excited to see, I see her see play in modern, right? She's, she's taking advantage of the madness archetype in general. This is a place where Vengevines hang out and any place a Vengevine hangs out is a place that I want to hang out. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited to see what she does. Plus the food tribal, uh, uh capabilities, uh, her cookbook is also seeing play um in in many a format so so i'm excited i'm excited to to take advantage of this almost partners with the one this is this is so i had one prediction that there could be partners with cards in modern horizons 2 and we this would have been it it almost made it through uh but they just rid out the words instead of bringing the mechanic back because they wanted the assuage or assuage that's not the right word Dissuade? To dodge the command zone <laughs> as a conversation <laughs> point. Um, but yeah, our, 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 what are what are your odds? What are you most excited by uh, to see as Moran? I'm not going to say all of this uh, and have her see play in what formats? Uh, well, obviously, um, 
commander is going to be fun. Uh, getting uh, all sorts of uh, stuff with madness and other things that discard. Um, and I, I really like that the cookbook is just one mana. I feel like if I had not seen the cookbook and you just showed me her card, uh, I would have expected that it would be an artifact that cost more. Uh, but being just one mana, it's um, it can come out early and uh, you can do some really interesting things with it. Uh, six damage um, is, is a hefty amount for a creature to deal to itself. And uh, you can get that pretty early on in the game. Yep, yep. I mean, it, 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 and it's a weird... It's like a weird removal spell. Sometimes you just wreck things. If they have death touch, uh, you're, you're able to kill them as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of cool, cool things you can do. And and yeah, the the the, the cookbook, uh, the ability for it to be, it has a lot of witches ovens feelings. And I think actually right now there's a lot of decks that are seeing they're like artifact token tribal playing as Moran and Mordecai to call the car and the cat uh, uh, witches oven. And um, and the cookbook all together in like a food tribal sacrifice discard madness engine. And, and I'm excited to see those those decks and see what they do in the format. Uh, all right, Ben, anything else before uh, before the, the music starts playing uh, uh, the, to go to the next category? Yes. No, that's that's, All right. that's it. That's thank good. you, thank you, uh, thank you, Albert. We'll see you uh, if if as more on uh, more Dekai Dustin Dekaldekar uh, wins any more awards. I'm gonna get it maybe one time in my life. <laughs> you, were, you were close that time. Uh, all right, the next category uh, that we'll be uh, going over is land cards. Uh, and this is this is a this is a spicy category. There's one big favorite that's come out uh, kind of out of the gates running, though there are some classic, very powerful cards. Um, obviously, uh, there's there's the the elephant in the room. Um, currently, one of the most nominated cards uh, from the set across the board, uh, and that is Urza Saga. But there's some other land cards. Any anything going into Modern Horizons in the land category that you were hoping for? Let's be honest. When Urza Saga was spoiled, we talked about it. It was in our text thread. We all talked through the card. We all knew it was going to be a good card. Uh, did you have any sense it was going to be the per- the Insta ban candidate that it already has become before the set is even being released? I'll be honest, I did not. Uh, I think I think that there was an inkling at the beginning, just from its enchantment. Like the thing that I was most afraid of is the thing that is not the problem, right? Like I was, oh, artifact lands were problematic. This is an enchantment land. Even before knowing that if someone said, like, oh, they're going to print an enchantment land, I'm like, oh, that has the potential to be a problematic card, regardless of yeah. the rest of the words on it. Uh, fascinatingly enough, that's currently not the thing that's breaking it. It's it's other abilities to tutor for things and create artifacts and just the power level of the card itself. Um, but uh, yeah, so so but the other cards that we have nominated tonight are Riptide Laboratory, Yavamaya Cradle of Growth and Cabal Coffers. Honestly, all four very powerful cards. Uh, Riptide Laboratory yeah. uh, being able to lock opponents out with a Venser or Spell Stutter Sprite. Uh, Urza Saga being uh, uh, one of the most powerful cards of the set. Yavamile Cradle of Growth, extraordinarily powerful card. You know, uh, harks back to Urborg, uh, uh, to Mu Yagamoth, uh, and, and, and a lot of really powerful abilities there. And then Cabal Coffer is one of the most powerful lands ever printed. Ever. Like if you were to make a top hundred list, this would be 
towards probably the top 20 non non mana producing lands uh, uh, without really thinking too hard about it. So this is a very competitive category or it would have been if we didn't end up having one of the most powerful cards in the set in it. Um, but uh, anything else on this category in general before reading the winner, Ben? I do wonder on that note that you bring up there. I wonder because we've talked about doing series like that before. Most powerful magic cards of all time. What if you were? What if you were to say? And I don't even think you'd have to say non mana producing because we would do like condensed. Yeah, cycles are condensed. You'd you'd have fetches. You'd have you'd have shocks. You'd have all all the different lands. Um, you know, and even like the horizon lands would just be that'd just be even though it's not an even cycle, you would just consider it a cycle. Um, or wait, is it an even cycle now? The Horizon Lands are a cycle. It's a six-card cycle, but it would be a cycle. But it's not. But it's not an even cycle. It's not all done. Yeah. yeah. I would. I would uh, argue that the green-white Horizon is a part of the future sight future sight land cycle, and the rest of them are their own cycle. So they would be in separate cycles. Yeah, I feel like now the future sight cycle is weird because Graven Cairns is part of a difference. It got reprinted as a full cycle sure. and then so did the Horizon Lands and they're never going to do the Nimbus Maze one or River of Tears, I think. They've said that. And then the, so would the you fifth count one was, would you count all of them separately? The 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 future sight ones all as separate lands? Yeah. Okay. And then, but, then, because, but then because, they get like Graven Cairns is in the filter lands and then yeah. and then the green white uh uh horizon land is Grove, in. Grove of the Burnwill is like is its own land. Okay. Okay. Like I think it, I think that's fair. Um but I, I think it would be an interesting conversation to have what are the most powerful lands because there'd be some that we would talk about, and this is a small tangent, that you and I would never ever play with. Like we don't play with Tabernacle of Pendrel Vale, we don't play with Library of Alexandria, never we don't play with uh you know Bazaar of Baghdad. Like these are some of the most expensive magic cards in existence, but they are also some of the most powerful lands ever printed. And so I think it would be a very interesting ranking to see something like a Cabal Coffers by today's power standard. You're comparing it all the way back to Library of Alexandria and cards like that. Where does that rank? You know, where does City of Brass rank? Like, I, I think it actually just as a general conversation, because it would appeal to modern players, it would appeal to commander players. I think it would appeal across the board. I think it would be a very interesting conversation. I would contend that Coffers is probably in the top 20, but I wouldn't be shocked if it dropped a little lower than that. Yeah, I think that's, I think once you add cycles in you, it drops down to the top, top 50. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, exactly. All right, but best land card uh, and the best land card goes to Urza's Saga. Uh, yeah. it, it, but did, did we all know that there would be uh, someone accepting the award for Urza himself uh, uh, on the stream tonight because uh, I don't know if we all did uh, and that would be um, as long as the fact that her thing is, oh no she's here she's unmuted and that is maybe Tappy Toe Claus hello and welcome welcome uh, emissary hello. of Urza to the, welcome, the, the award Tappy. show uh, congratulations thank you um, yeah we uh, we do these we do these card crimes on behalf of of all magic player kind. We're just <laughs> trying to make things interesting and fun. Probably for me, at least. So, so uh, as, as of right now, where, where do you think Urza's saga ranks on uh, cards that you would cheat artifacts into play with? <laughs> I like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, are we are we excited that this card exists? Are we worried that this card exists? I mean, of course, the royal we is <clears throat> very excited that this uh, this card exists. But I, I'm I'm overwhelmed just by the grandeur, by 
by everything. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm glad that uh, the MM cast, such distinguished folks, have have recognized greatness both in you know obviously the selection of of this card and uh, both you know obviously inviting me here. Who who else could really who else could really come and get it? <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, honestly, I, we would, we would have no one else accept this award on behalf of, uh, one of the largest, uh, artificers in the magic storyline and possibly murderers. I, it's complicated, maybe an apocalyptic situation. Uh, who knows? I, the story knows. I mean, details. <laughs> Is Urza a murderer? Is Tappy a murderer? I'm not really totally sure I know the answer to either one. I'm always happy to hear from you, Tappy. Always happy to have you here. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be here. And I'm sure that you will. this will be it. You won't have any other awards tonight to accept on behalf of this card, and this will be the only award that it wins. Um, all right. Any Anything else before, before we get on to the next award, uh, uh, Tappy? Oh, oh no! Oh no! I, you know, I wouldn't want to overstay my welcome. Perfect. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully uh, see you, see you in another category. I'm gonna jump back off over here. Um, all right. Did not, did not expect Urza Saga to win Best Land. That was definitely not. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. That's, uh, I can't surprise, believe that. Ups, upset, upset of the evening. Um, all right. Now. new reprint so these are cards that uh previously existed uh but had not been in modern so these are new to modern reprints um this is kind of one of the most fun parts about uh this this game uh, two of these cards were on my top list of cards i wanted to be added uh one of these cards is one of my favorite cards of all time being added uh and so it's it's a it's a it's a very very competitive space being one of the new cards out of the set this time around it wasn't even added part of the deck you're part of like a special slot in a pack um so that's that's a whole interesting level to it uh is there a card that you feel like that you wanted to see added to modern that wasn't you know, at this point, actually, I don't think so, really. I think probably the, the biggest one that's left that really comes to mind that I love is Baleful Strix. And I was I was curious if we were going to see Baleful Strix added to the set. That's probably the last card I feel like that doesn't exist that I think is reasonable or possible. The only other one really that comes to mind is maybe, you know, maybe Days. I like the idea of Days right. existing. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I know you don't like that. I, I, I've been very vocal about the fact that with, with Shocklands, I think it plays a very interesting role. Um, but you know, that's just me. I think probably Baleful Strix is the reasonable one. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think Baleful Strix is high on my list. I, I was more on the Force of Will versus Counterspell, one of those two options. We got Counterspell, so that's that one I'm pretty happy about. Um, I think that there were a few other options, but it, it ended up being uh like yeah, I think I think we got like pretty much across the board where I would want to be at um, as far as. Let me ask you this question set. though, as far as as far as the counterspell versus or sorry, force of will versus counterspell, do you think that if force of will gets printed into modern, force of negation becomes seventy five percent less playable, or do you think because you could hard cast it for three versus five? The difference is drastic enough, even though it's non-creature. I mean, I think Force of Negation sees playing Legacy, right? So I think they're great together. Uh, I think it becomes, if we're talking percentages of less playable, it becomes like a 3-2 situation maybe, or maybe a 4-2 situation. So 50% less playable. I would see. I would think you would want to play two Force of Negations along your Force of Wills. Um 
Yeah, I'm trying to think like the, the other thing, the one category of cards that aren't in modern, interesting enough, it's like old cards are no longer the things I'm like, oh man, I really want like a Lurin added or, you know, I mean, a Lurin's on the uh, reserve list, but like older, older cards being added. It's more the new um, commander print, commander, commander cards, cards and right? the special cards that you want to see printed into modern. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, like the, I agree. the one mana white enchantment that I'm now forgetting the name of uh, that. Uh, isn't isn't currently nominated uh, is probably a card I've asked for modern and a foil reprint for literally since it was printed uh, like that, one of my favorite cards uh, soul snare soul snare the card is called soul, soul snare. snare thank That's you Carson yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so there's there's a, there's like there's definitely cool cards that are that are in those sets that I think would be really cool to be added I like that the adding adding commanders cast added in the last one this time we got um, uh, uh, chainer, which is really cool, and I think there's like a lot of other cool stuff. And uh, amongst the cards that we're gonna list, we have the nominees: Counterspell, Shardless Agent, Goblin Bombardment, Titania Protector of Argoth, and Vindicate. Interesting to me is that two of these cards were not nominated for best of their other color categories. So Titania has snuck in the best reprint, but was not in the green uh, section, and Vindicate snuck in uh, for best here, but was not in best gold cards. I do believe the gold category was competitive, and this was uh, just under the number of nominations to make it. Um, but yeah, ex- exciting. Group I feel of like your heart. And soul is telling you that you want Titania to win, but you know it's not going to. Yeah, so I will I will say that this is a contest that was between two of these cards, and Titania was was definitely not one of the ones that was it was it was an honor to be nominated, right? It's an honor to be nominated. And and Titania yeah. does a lot of things I love. It's really powerful, right? Like in modern, really good. If you have Titania and play in a fetch land, you have made two five threes for free. And you just need a fetch land in your graveyard to do it because she brings it into play. So she she's definitively powerful, does a lot of cool things, does cool things with cards that are already good in the format. So I'm excited to see what she does. Um, Vindicate is just one of the best removal spells ever printed. Um, Goblin Bombardment, we talked about. Shardless Agent, we talked about. Counterspell, we talked about. Uh, and 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 it is it, this was a competitive category. It was neck and neck. The 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 it is not as clear cut as the previous. Uh, wins um for this card but the best new to modern reprint is counterspell yeah i guess we probably needed to see that one coming <laughs> i uh <laughs> did you did you not think it was going to be counterspell i'm gonna be honest with you i think i have a little bit of a counterspell's not that dope feeling right now wow. that's what i think yeah. I, I think I have a little bit of a like I thought I feel like I was less I was I was underwhelmed slightly not that I didn't think it was gonna be powerful but I just was a little bit like it's just not as exciting as I think I wanted it to be and it made me feel like the rest of the world maybe was reflecting that back at me but maybe it's just it's just it's the best version of what it is that like you know what I think it is it's that the kind of decks I play they don't want to play pound for pound good fair cards and blue, blue counter target spell is such a pound for pound good fair card that in my mind, I could just as easily have been playing delay in the decks that I wanted to play. And I'd be happy to be playing delay. I don't care. Like if I'm not winning in the three <laughs> turns that it takes me to suspend your card, I'm not winning. And so I feel like for me, I'm like a blue counter spell. Like that is double blue. Like get out of here. It's not free. And so I guess that's just wrong because it's just a reflection of the way I like to play magic, which is that I don't like to play pound for pound good cards. I like to try to work to make my cards good. But I think in reality, it's hard to not you know vote for this card in the category. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, to me, it is emblematic of, of magic. We already talked how I think it's the most iconic card of all time in a previous episode. Not all of all time, the iconic blue card of all time. Um, I think just the art for the new one is gorgeous. 
I'm excited to play with all the different cool artwork I have for Counterspell. Uh, I think that it is just an iconic card. It belongs in modern amongst Lightning Bolt, right? Like this is this is a card that I compare to Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt is such a defining feature to modern. I think Counterspell deserves to be right alongside of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what else is there to be said except go to the next category, and that is best artifact. There were many things. Originally, this was the best colorless category, and then there was no like Eldrazi style colorless cards in the set, so it just became best artifact. Uh, and then the, we got rid of all of the other best type of permanent types. Um, so here we are. Uh, we are best artifact cards. The nominees, Mr. Bateman, if you are ready Academy Manufacturer, Caldra Complete. Sword of Hearth and Home, The Underworld Cookbook, and Brainstone. All all contenders, all powerful. Already some of these seeing real play with Caldra Complete being cheated into play with Stoneforge Mystics, Academy Manufacturer, doubling up in all of the new junk decks, junk being the new word for all of the token artifacts now instead of Abzan. Uh, we got Brainstone already seeing play, being able to do Brainstorm-esque shenanigans. Um and Sword of Hearth and Home already won one in our World Cookbook. We talked about a little bit uh, uh, when uh, Asmorwar de Kaidakar uh, uh, won the whole thing. Kaidakar. So super competitive category. Honestly, this one was really close. The voting was really close. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really, really phenomenal group of nominees. I really like all of these cards. They're all ca- the types of cards that I would want to try to build around or include in my decks. I think I have a clear sense, which is that for modern, what I think is that of all the cards here, as good as I think they all are, um, Batterskull, Stoneforge Mystic is already a thing that people have done for years successfully and like really, really well. And uh, since it got- it's like a year and a half in modern. <laughs> sure. But, but it's, I mean, like it's it's like a defining yes. standard thing you do in that deck. And like it's hard for me to look at this and not just say that like Caldra complete is even more devastating if you get that out flashed in at the end of turn three on the play. So it's like if you're just going to upgrade, it's just even better. Um, but then again, you know, they're all very good in their own respective rights. I don't think it's going to win. That's the one that I think I would have voted personally mm, okay okay uh i think going into this i was at uh, brainstorm was the one i was surprised by but i have seen a lot of really cool lists doing stuff with it kind of this the sentiment on the internet at this point with brainstone is like there have been a lot of people that are just playing Jace the Mind Sculptor for four mana Brainstorm once and then it dies and that was good enough. And so Brainstorm being able to do it as a one drop artifact is is able to get there. And the ability to do it at instant speed, taking advantage of the miracle mechanic, I think is the other thing that puts it over the top for like three mana being able to Terminus on turn three is like just strong enough to get it there. Not to mention all the other miracle cards that it's good with. Uh, so that's it's 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 been it's been a pretty exciting to watch. And the best artifact card is. The Underworld Cookbook. Uh, I wow. Surprise win. Uh, and and luckily we do have uh, the Asmorardikai Dakar Dakar uh, Envoy uh, sous, sous Chef, if you will, <laughs> uh, Oddward here to to accept it once again on on her behalf. Uh, Oddward, uh, hello. Ooh, uh, ooh, reading reading the cookbook maybe. <laughs> I have a, an advanced copy of the Underworld Cookbook too. Um, but unfortunately, Asmoran and Mardika Dyson, the Kuldakar, has not uh, let me share any of the specifics with you. Uh, but I will tell you there's some spicy stuff in here. Uh, I would I would hope I would, you know, I hope on the second the second print run uh, that maybe they'll include uh, 
basic mountains, maybe a, a volcanic island this time around, um, you know, finishing the cycles of the sh- of the of the the dishes that they forgot to finish the first time around. Of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the Underworld Cookbook, um, we, we talked about it a little bit before. Uh, I was thinking about what my uh, what my dream um, opening play in uh, EDH might be. Uh, and it would probably be uh, turn one. Mountain cookbook, discard uh, Blazing Root Walla, get, get it into play. Uh, turn two, Urborg, uh, discard uh, Filth with the cookbook, cast uh, Asmorana, Mardica, Dyson, and Coldicar, and then you've got uh, six damage on board. You've got uh, your all your creatures getting in everywhere. Uh, you're you're off to the races. Yeah, I think I think sounds very good to me. I mean, all of those cards play exactly in in conjunction. I, I, you know, it's it's interesting when you mention the Underworld Cookbook and you talk about the plays involved. I suppose I probably should have analyzed this list of cards and said for modern and the purposes of what makes modern function, that's going to be the card. It really does make sense that it enables so many of the things that we have seen classically be powerful in modern. And in reality, Batterskull was a one or two of in those decks anyway. It's not even strictly better it's just a different version than caldra complete so perhaps uh underworld cookbook is in fact better but uh you know it's 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 cool to hear the defending your pick yeah i I think i think what's like so far obviously seeing it's seeing play in as i said earlier with in kind of witches ovens food decks it's seeing play as like one of the best discard outlets in modern history i believe uh there's not a lot of other things that lets you discard for value at that uh that then is good in multiples to the second ability um as far as like yeah turn turn in modern the plays that i'm excited by is that you know tap it discarding avenge vine on turn one turn to tap it discarding a root walla playing it for free playing it uh and then playing in asmorada can you please say it for me asmorada mardica dice in the gold car <laughs> yes thank you uh casting uh her uh then triggering the vengevine getting in the play so having the free vengevine and then uh, uh a, a three three for one and a root walla just hanging out and doing everything i want in magic um and and yeah i think i think there's a lot of cool stuff they've added a lot of stuff that both makes food tribal make sense discard tribal make sense um and both of those mechanics being pushed as much as they were to make it so they're playable modern archetypes and then add reanimator or other things that this takes advantage of and then even like we forget how good food is sometimes there's a reason that uh, uh, Oko was banned in every format and and it's not just because he uh, made every deck basically every creature ever printed an elk it's also that he was able to stabilize very well by making these artifact tokens and underworld cookbook being able to discard to make an artifact token uh that then lets you stabilize in decks that maybe want to go to the light game is really powerful so i'm 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 not surprised that this card is seeing as much play as it is the fact that you also get a one drop that lets you tutor for the second one uh as as our our esteemed chef uh allows you to do i think is is also really important so i'm 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 excited that this card exists and i'm excited to get my hands on and play it in modern yeah, very much so. It's also yeah, it's not a mythic rare or rare. It's just a it's a very approachable card, and it all yeah, it's 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 sweet. All right. Any anything else before the music starts playing us off, Oddward? Uh, no, no, not at the moment. All right, perfect. We're now going to go to the next category, and that category is. Oh, we're now we're now in the technical. We're in the technical world. We're in funniest card this is this is the comedy category this is where all the jokesters live this is where card references happen witty puns extremely long names 
um squirrels this is where squirrels hang out uh are what are where 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 you thought i guess i that's a question because ben you're classically more on the side of like the hardcore i want my game to be cool and so i feel like the comedy side of magic might not really vibe with you so i wonder where where, where have you fallen on the modern horizons squirrels? to not just squirrels but like the it's a little bit more jokey jokey um than maybe magic would have been in the past um, I think it's I have I have a couple different places with it. I think like something like Asmaran, Itanica, Banana, Butterbutter, uh, you know, I, I thought I had it and I just kind of went off the rails there. Um, I think when it comes to a card like that, the power level of the card so high that it's okay for me to be like, this is weird but cool. I think when it comes to stuff like more squirrel tribal, which is like fun and sort of funny. I also remember squirrel nest. Like I remember playing with that card from way back when I like, and, and, you know, I don't know, for some reason I I'm like more sympathetic to it. Like, it seems kind of cool. I haven't actually found that there's been a lot of uh, jokes in horizons Two that have stood out to me where I'm like, this is dumb. Cause the thing is, here's the thing. I don't mind jokey cards. If the cards themselves function like normal magic cards and are legal magic cards, they still fit into the ever growing puzzle, which is combined cards in one V one sanctioned formats. I think where the jokey stuff has never like, I don't want to like stand up and dance as part of my magic game. I'm not really interested in like, you know, breaking the rules of magic and picking up another deck that nobody saw coming because I like have some fancy card that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's no shade to the people that enjoy that because there's lots of games and it's cool that magic can cater to that part of your interest as a game that like the unsets do exist for me. It's, it's the same reason that like I'm very good at the normal mechanics of magic. I've been good at them for most of my life. I love magic. So if we sit down and we play a game and I have a powerful deck, I'll know how to defeat you or, or in these days, you know, learn how to play within like sort of a commander game. Right. But if you're like, Hey, play with these rules that don't exist then I feel like I'm coming into something where I'm no longer an expert. And that's the same reason that I struggle when you're like, play this new game I just got. It's like, well, I've never played that game. I don't know how to play that game. I, I don't feel I have any expertise. So it's like, it's harder for me to approach it. It's not that it's not fun. It's that my interest doesn't spike. And so I think when it comes to the joke cards, it's the same as anything else. The flavor stuff in Magic has never really spoken to me, but that's not positive or negative. I won't turn my nose up at a card if it has a funny name, if it does a cool thing. Fair, fair. Um, well, let's get into the nominees then. The nominees are Dermo Taxi, Ignoble Hierarch, Asmoron, Amor, Dekai, Dekar, Chitter Splitter. <laughs> And late to dinner. Now, um, dermataxi, I think, speaks for itself. Uh, it's a it's a taxidermy, but reversed onto a vehicle. Ignoble hierarch being a joke on noble hierarch. As call, as you mentioned, is just the fact that I'm never going to say that name correctly ever in my life, and it's going to be a tournament staple, ruining my life forever. Uh, Chitter spitter is a is a squirrel feeding tokens into a machine that turns them into acorns that uh, tracks other squirrel tokens to feed into the machine. Um, and then late to dinner, which is a pun among the fact that uh, the elephant is late, both uh, literally as in didn't get to dinner on time and figuratively in the sense that it's he, he's he is passed. Uh, he's passed um, and uh, makes a food token because they're at dinner. Uh, so just a great selection of, of, of joke cards. Um, we do we do have uh, uh, a possibility of multiple guests uh, uh, coming in that are in the audience tonight to accept their awards on behalf of these cards. Um, but uh, any any favorites? What's what's for you? What what do you think is the funnier side of this? 
I mean, I'm a fan of Dermotaxi. I like Dermotaxi. I think that's a fun one. But I actually think probably Chitter Spitter just because the general, the vibe of the squirrel, the the, the the vibe behind it, I think is probably my favorite of them. I think I'd say Chitter Spitter is probably the one that appeals to me the most. All right. All right. Okay. So, and the funniest card is Dermotaxi. Uh, we got an elephant turned into a car riding down the road. And we do have uh, b- back from pillaging and plundering with his uh, monkey sidekick. Uh, Carson Massey here to uh, to accept the award on uh, Dermotaxi's behalf. Uh, hello, sir, and uh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I do. Uh, I I took the time to uh, take a look at these words that were prepared on my behalf before I got up on stage. You know, after the issue with Raghavan, and these are actually legible. So uh, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to take a couple moments. You know, if you were to ask me uh, uh, if a monkey or a uh, anthropomorphized elephant car would have better handwriting, I don't know if I would have gone with the mammoth, but it does have a trunk, I guess. But would you have gone with the monkey pirate? That's fair. I guess I guess it's it's uh, I'm all out of options. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good options, but someone's got to be the winner. And in this case, it was the mammoth. <clears throat> uh uh, we'd like to accept this award on behalf of robot mammoths everywhere. Uh, in turn, I'd like to take this opportunity to preemptively ban Dermotaxi from all sanctioned formats until such a time as mammoths can once again freely roam the land of Muraganda. Until then, uh, be kind to each other. Wow. Wow. Taking yourself yeah. out of the running just to allow your people be in the running. <laughs> Uh, it's true. It's about sending a message, really. <laughs> I did. I did jest uh, as I made the joke. Realize that this card both has a trunk in the back and the front, uh, which is exciting to me. <laughs> um, uh, but I think I think this card not only is it extremely hilarious, uh, and so hats off to you, Dermo Taxi. But I think it also is very powerful. Being able to reanimate creatures, you don't get ETB effects, but you get all of the abilities to attack under the sun as long as you can animate it. So I think it's. Uh, I'm excited to see what this taxi does well you'll never know because it's banned now it's banned now no (laughs) (laughs) alex how do you feel about the uh inclusion of more jokey cards into a sanctioned tournament heavy set i i am a big fan i mean I, i as as a uh big marvel star wars indiana jones i i like i like a little camp and jokey jokiness with my action adventures right so magic no longer just being like i'm a serious song that is going to only be angry and serious and moving more towards the quippiness of marvel movies i think is something that i appreciate and look for in the entertainment that i enjoy um i don't think like uh, i agree with you to the point that like i don't want the mechanics necessarily to be a joke. Like I want the game to be like a a real game, but I love that there can be inside jokes with flavor text or card names, especially in sets like this that go to different worlds that are a little bit more fun and active. Um, So I I think, I think there's a space and I like, I liked all this stuff, you know, like kids playing pranks on, because I think sometimes that's true, right? Like fun life is not entirely serious. In fact, I would say more conversations I have in life are about trying to make each other laugh and have a good time than they are about like this, the drama of the day and how the whatever is doing and the this and that, or how someone's health is bad. Like it's most of the time it's like, Oh yeah. Did you see that show? It was funny. <laughs> but you, you see that stupid mammoth, mammoth card. Yeah. 
I feel like, Alex, do you think of me as, I am a sad song that wants to be sad and serious all the time? No, 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 no. But, but like, you are, you do more lean on the side in regards to magic, where, like, you don't care about flavor at all, right? Like, you're, you're a, like, this is a game that you might like, even if it was just numbers and, and, like, numbers that you had to, like, and the rules text, right? So, I, that this is, I feel like the opposite of that emotion in general is the jokey, jokey side. But maybe it's not. Maybe that's maybe I'm wrong there in assuming that. I like. I mean, I think I like some parts of both. But yes, I in general do like the strategy mechanics part more. There are still things though that I think are especially cool. I think that like there are art and characters that look especially cool, and I think there are certain things when it comes to vibe and design that really stand out to me that I think are awesome. Usually it's less story driven. It's more about concept. Like I've always talked about Chronozoa and how I think that card is such a funny, like cool card from the old days. And I love that it's like this weird doubling amoeba thing. Like I, that, that appeals to me, right? Like there are aspects to many of the design principles that I think are cool. Um, it's just that when it's rooted in like story that I have to go the extra mile to understand, that's I think where I start to lose the Vorthos side. It's like, I don't, if I don't read the books or like talk to people on Twitter about that specific subject, do I miss something that would be cool for me to get? Otherwise I like to be able to look at the card and say like, Oh, this is just, this is quirky or like, this is cool. This is funny. This, this like puts a smile on my face. You know, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Thank you. Thank you, Carson. We're getting uh, played off. Any, anything last, uh, on behalf of Dermo taxi before, uh, you get thrown back into the green room. Nope. Uh, I have said everything they wanted me to say. So bid you good night, gentlemen. All right. And yeah. say 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 thank you to both Ragavan and, and uh, Dermo Taxi for us. I will be sure to pass that along. All right. Next category, uh, and this is this is bringing it back to basics, and this is this is for the popper players out there, and that is best common. Uh, we previously had categories for best uncommon and rare and mythic rare, and all of those were boring, but best common has made it to the end, uh, and we have four nominations. Uh, but before we get to that, um, in, in in this category. I think this is also a really important limited category, right? I think those are the two cat. It's popper and limited. And I think that's why best common has made it. Um, there's a lot of powerful things. You often Ben speak towards rarity being an important signifier of power level, but often yeah. common cards can be, you know, lightning bolt was originally a common, uh, can see some of the most played cards in the format. So I'm excited to see what we get here. Any thoughts before we jump into the nominees? I think when you push uh, power level in the most basic sense, when you just shift the column by a half a number or a whole number, uh, that's usually a reflection on the comfort that Wizards of the Coast and the designers have with a card in a lower category. So in a, in a common or an uncommon category, okay. it tends to be that the, the push on something that really makes you think why it's so good will exist at a rare or a mythic rare. So I think the type of power you get at common it tends to be something that's a little simpler. Um, there tends to be a little bit less nuance. It's usually just the shifting of a category, but you know, half a number or a full number. So I'll be curious to see what people responded to here. Same. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Now the nominees are bone shards, goblin and archomancer, abundant harvest and Chatterstorm. four cards, all powerful. One of them, abundant harvest previewed as a mythic, uh, a mythical, whatever archive card from, from Strixhaven bone shards, 
a reference to uh, many a card bone bone uh, of the ability to like sacrifice a creature to destroy a target creature. This allows you to kill a planeswalker and you get to discard a card instead of necessarily sacrificing a creature, which I think is really powerful. Um, you have Goblin Ar- and Archimancer making each spell that you cast red or green cost one less. This is the 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 um the Goblin Electromancer of of the Red Green, making Red Green Storm a possibility, and then Chatterstorm. Grape shot, but you make squirrels. This is a token generating storm card. They thought storm wasn't coming back. Uh and and immediate popper staple. These are all really powerful. I'm I'm pretty excited to see all these see play. Yeah, the one that really stands out to me is uh it's got it's gotta be the the the, the squirrel storm. I mean that's that's gotta be the like just I I don't know that any of the rest of the cards really chart in the same way for me. You know, there's an insanely busted mechanic printed on this card. So that mechanic has caused problems in terms of power level in the past. I got to look at this one and think, yeah, there's real. Well, I mean, with Abundant Harvest, you have a cantrip, right? You're guaranteed to get if you need a land or if you need a, a, a not land, you're guaranteed to get that. You can choose between one of those two things and you're going to get it with that card, which is like kind of. 40% of what most cantrips are used for is, is digging towards either the next piece of gas you need or making it so you hit your next land drop. Um, And bone shards is a very powerful removal spell. I mean, that's, that's a card that allows you to kill a lot of things for one mana. And instead of having to sacrifice a creature, allowing you to discard a card, we've already discussed eight different ways that being able to discard a card is actually more of an advantage than uh, a, a discount. So I think, I think there's, I think this category is a little bit, open in fact when i say i think it is i know that this was the most competitive category of okay. uh, any of the of, of the categories uh so it was a a almost three-way tie amongst three of the options and time to read off the best common card goes to abundant harvest was the winner of this one for yeah, one green very sorcery uh gaia knows what you need do you know what you need and with abundant harvest i think the place that it's seen the most play is actually alongside uh mindstone i think is what it's called. not mindstone uh brainstone no the one you're no yeah brainstone uh brainstone uh which is by, like basically it kind of acts like a fetch lane where if you're able to mindstone seeing a lot of play already in uh, historic because it was added there in the mystical archive you and their brainstorm is legal right people are brainstorming and then uh putting cards they don't want on top and are like putting two lands on top and then abundant harvesting to the next card, letting you shuffle away those lands. So it's allowing you to combo mm-hmm. with effects like that guaranteeing thing. And and we've talked about, you know, there are multiple cantrips on the, on the ban list. There's actually more cantrips on the ban list right now than storm cards. In fact, is there a storm card on the modern ban list? I don't believe there is. I believe we have, we have, we have cantrips and we have rituals, but there are no storm cards on that ban list. Grapeshot and the Warrens are both legal. Yeah. I mean, those are the standard ones. So, I think, I think, um, when you mentioned the the this this particular cantrip being so good, I think what's interesting about this is you can see the pattern of them playing with green one mana cantrips over the last few years. You know, traditional ones like Adventurous Impulse and like Oath of Nyssa have had their respective impacts. They've been interesting and played on some level between standard and eternal formats. You have something like Veil of Summer, which is a cantrip, but it's also like a very specific type of cantrip. You know, it's it's a reactive cantrip. Um, and then you look at this card, and this is kind of combining, it's kind of combining Oath of Nyssa and Adventurous Impulse into the same type of card. Um, and it's just saying, okay, we're comfortable with green having this now. Green can have this. It's all right. We will we'll, we'll give this to green. We don't need to make green work as hard for this as we thought in the first place. Um, you know, and ancient stirrings, 
digging five, it's probably a little a little more powerful than they're comfortable with printing now. This is kind of exactly the happy medium. So I think that's why this card's able to exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm I I think I think both I think all of these cards are are great, right? Like I'm I'm excited by all the additions to the format. But speaking of uh, you know, cards that that are in ban lists, we have the next category, which is most likely banned cards this is a this was a an interesting category there's there's uh, a lot of contenders i think three of them to me feel, or two of them that feel me higher than us it's not necessarily most likely to be banned as well in modern right it's it's most likely to be banned there is a modern uh, modern tint to the category um anything anything on the top of your head i mean i think there's one big standout but i think there's some other options um uh, out there what are your thoughts no, I think there's there is one standout. I guess it all depends when people were voting, but it feels to me like there's a pretty clear one. Well, I think <laughs> so, so. I guess I guess more of a question is based on what you've seen now. Modern Horizons one famously had not only two cards from the set itself banned, but got other cards: Bridge from Below, uh, Faithless Looting banned. You know, because these cards were printed, arguably, arguably even up to and including Mox Opal um, and maybe Simeon Spirit Guide. I'm trying to remember what card broke with Simeon Spirit Guide, but uh, I think there are, are are quite a bit of options. But but let's let's get to the nominees so we can discuss more thoroughly. We have Urza Saga, Grief, Chatterstorm and Dwathi Voidwalker. Um, four, four strong contenders. I think, I think to me, we have the two cards that were most contention, the best black card, uh, with grief and Duathi Voidwalker. I think people are reacting to Duathi Voidwalker a little bit more extreme in its power level than, than maybe, maybe our little best friend of the cast deserves. Um, Urza Saga, I think right now is the largest contender. And then Chatterstorm, I think is a, is a contention towards Popper. I think people are like, this is a card that could be banned from Popper. But to your point, Storm is one of the most broken mechanics of all time. Grape Shot is a card I've argued should be banned more often than not because of its ability to just like get other cards on the ban list. There are more cards on the modern ban list because of that card than many others. Um, Chatterstorm is arguably better, right? It, it, it allows you to do kind of we went on long arguments about how Ayula's influence is better than uh, Seismic Assault and Chatterstorm is the version of that and is is the actual good version of that conversation. So, um, yeah, there's there. These are these are all all interesting contenders. Yeah, I think for me, the the thing is that because it was a little bit like missed on us exactly the direction that people were going with their estimation of these powerful cards. I feel like there's a clear, clear answer here. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you do or don't, but I, that, that would be my guess. And it seems like, you know, anytime you're, you're going to do something like this, you're going to look over a whole set, you're going to try to award what's the splashiest card for one reason or another. There is going to generally be one card that comes up over all others. And it feels to me like we have that one card. So that would be my guess. But I, yeah, I, I've, I've been known to be wrong. All right, all right. All right. Uh, and, and the most likely to be banned card award goes to urza's saga urza's saga surprising no one no i think one. this is the one that's on people's <laughs> radar i do think it is an interesting conversation on it once and or if this card is unbanned do they ban another card luckily we do have the emissary of urza uh drinker of time water tappy toe claws here uh to uh, uh accept this award on on urza's behalf um uh miss toe claws do we have you do we have you in the recording room hello yeah help Hello, hello again. I told you I'd be seeing you soon. Uh, you seem to have uh, 
attached your horse to a very powerful uh, uh, contender in these these award shows this evening. Oh, I always do. My horse doesn't get hitched to anything that doesn't go like zero to 60 cards in four cards, at least. There's at least maybe less three different horse and car jokes in there all in one. Uh, so uh, congratulations. Uh, you are you are now uh, also most likely to be banned. Um, how does that how does that feel? <laughs> well, uh, you know, some some might say that, you know, I need to be hobbled and made less good. And I can also say that maybe the other cards just need to get better. Um, but you know they're 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 obviously not not playing the correct color, and by the correct color, I mean artifacts. Um, <laughs> which I do appreciate that this uh, this land that is not an artifact. So I also don't really understand. I mean, you know, ban the lands if you really need to, but uh, you know, all all concerned about the artifacts. But it's an it's a land, and it's a cha- it doesn't even have anything to do with artifacts. It's fine. Um, but I do also appreciate aesthetically we're calling back to that old devotion, devotion to Brown scheme. So at least, you know, we may be banned, but, um, we're, we're, we're historic in the way that we view ourselves and our decks (laughs) and our strategies. You are, you, and all of the card draw triggers that we're going to have in the future. Everything but legendary. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think, I think from your perspective, other than yourself uh what other are there any other cards in modern horizons 2 that you think are look like they could be banned at some point i mean i thought hogak was bad so i don't know if i'm the best person to be asking um although again i mostly thought it was bad because it 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 didn't have artifacts printed on it so there was that um i think a world in which we catch maybe like one more ban in this set um, would be interesting. Uh, if we kind of hit the sweet spot on this, I uh, would be delighted. Um, uh, kind of care all, 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 all weird character skeezy Urza lawyer acting aside. I think it's really cool that in this particular set, they really pumped up a lot of the uh, common and uncommon power levels. Um, like the limited format playing sealed well, was fantastic. Uh, so I'm really hoping that a lot of that, um, some of those other cards kind of have gotten a little bit of the power and not to say that there aren't powerful rares, but, um, I think it, I think we did, I think they did a very good job of spreading out, um, some of that power level rather than just, you know, shoving Urza and what eventually crawled out of a drain system and ruined the format for, uh, several months, Hogak, um, so that would be my thought on it, or or at least like kind of my my ideal conception of like what would happen based on what we've seen so far. Um, I think that would be very cool. I think I think the fact that like they had a lot more of a honest window into what this set was supposed to be, and had I think they brought in a pretty significant number of like very established pro players to kind of balance it. And if Urza Saga, it would make sense to me that they have one miss in this versus the four misses from the last one as they got better at it. Yeah. And as you get better at mm-hmm. things, uh, you get better and, and pushing the the thing on making a land uh, that is also an enchantment and is also a saga um, is not surprising that it maybe ended up being possibly problematic. Uh, but yeah, here, here. I mean, you say problematic. I say a wonderful time. 
Um, That's fair, as you would uh, as the emissary for Urza Saga <laughs> themselves. Um, so thank you so much. We, we're, we do have the music playing uh, playing you off. Any last things before before I throw you back into the green room? Oh, we'll keep everyone guessing. Perfect. All right, that is that is most likely card to be banned. One of the one of the more uh, ended up being less contentious categories before Modern Horizons was previewed. Though I thought this would be uh, uh, a little bit more of a mystery, but here we are, knowing exactly what's going on. Uh, the next card is uh, oh, I believe it is best flavor reference. This is your favorite category, Ben. I know you've been looking forward to this through all, and through. all evening. <laughs> Um, so I guess my first question is why do you hate flavor? Why are you, why are you, what's with the bland? Why do you not like putting some spice on a card, like some hot sauce? No, I don't, I, I, I said earlier, I don't hate flavor. I, I, it's not even that I, it's that I don't pay attention to it. I think that when I see like rules text, not rules text, flavor text, or I see, oh my God, that was the Freudian slip right there. Uh, when I see... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to refer to flavor text. I think that when I like see flavor text or I like see something that's cute and like harkens back to something else, I think the issue is that, um, okay, think about it like this. If you are somebody who watches an Avengers movie for the first time and you watch Infinity War, there'll be a lot about Infinity War you think is awesome. And any good card that's a good card or looks cool or has good art or any of the things that I would like pay attention to, I'd probably like the card if I know all of the reasons that the different mechanics and the th- stuff in the picture and the flavor text all matter, my appreciation of the card will go like way up and I'll want to talk about it le- left and right. But if I really like the card anyway, I'm cool liking the card. Right. Right. If you see infinity war, you'll like infinity war. If you've seen the 22 movies before infinity war, it probably makes infinity War mind blow. Right. Like you, but like you appreciate spoilers for infinity war. Uh, you appreciate the, like the fight scene with Thanos and the Hulk and Loki and how, Oh, maybe this character's brother sacrificing himself meant something to him. But if you've been watching, you realize Loki's character arc that got him to the point where Thanos kills him. So you appreciate that moment a lot more. Not to say you wouldn't appreciate it without knowing all of that information. It just adds the extra layers of depth. To double down on the example you're giving that moment when he, when Loki gets on his knees and he's going to try to knife Thanos and he's like, I Loki. And he, and he says that line where he says Odin's son. And he like says it under his breath in that way. And there's a sadness because you've been in, you've seen the moment where Anthony Hopkins disappears. You know how much he loves his dad and like that. He also never felt like he was his real son and all the stuff that goes into that moment. That moment is a great example of like, because I've seen it and I love it. That moment like hits for me. But if you'd never seen it, you just missed that moment. It wouldn't matter to you at all. It's it's, You would just, yeah. And and even the layers that like for once Loki is like, using his habit of betraying the people that would trust him for good is all like, there's like a ton of layers of that, that you appreciate a lot more other than like, Oh, this character just is uh, the brother of the hero character. And he sacrificed himself. That makes it sad. Right. So yeah, I, I I, flip side of it is that if a card is bad, like if a card is dumb and it's not pushed and like, there's things that about that suck and it has lots of flavor references and I don't get them. I like don't need to, read into all of the flavor to realize why I have to appreciate a bad card, which is the same as if I watch a bad MCU movie. Like I don't need to watch dark world and be like, whoa, whoa. Oh, I like see what's going on from the first bad Thor movie. So now that the second bad Thor movie is better to me, but it's like, no, they're both bad. So like they just aren't good. Like, I mean, no shade if you love those movies. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I see your point. All right. So let's, let's, let's get to the nominees. Let me just uh, <laughs> minimize us. 
Nami's for best flavor reference. Captured by Legax, Garth One-Eye, Asmaran Mordecai to Kaldakar, uh, and Ignoble Hierarch. We got we got four. Uh, it, I was surprised to see Capture of Legax on the list. I believe this is because we have a lot of Andrew Brown stands that listen to the podcast because this is specifically a reference that he would make in Heidi Ho card store that he eventually got to be a memes level card during design. He posted a thread on how this card got designed. Garth One-Eye, the fact that this make Black Lotuses puts them in the play, puts iconic cards into play. I think this, to me, is one of the most flavorful parts of the set. It's like you're getting to play Magic as a Magic player back in 1994. Um, we've already gone over uh, uh, the 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 esteemed chef uh, and all of the value that she adds as far as flavor to the set. And then Ignoble Hierarch being that that reference to, to uh, Noble Hierarch has, seems to allow it to be one of the most nominated cards in the set. I will be honest with you. I hope the Legax card wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's uh, read for read the award for best flavor indoor magic reference. And it is. As more on the no more uh, just I feel like our voters want me to say this card real bad. And luckily we have a envoy uh, sweet sous chef. Uh, I think uh, esteemed Oddward friend, friend, friendry in in the in the chat. Welcome to join. Hi. Uh, stand while you I, speak and, and accept. Keep please. I can hear you. I gotta say, um, I don't really understand. Uh, As Miranda Marta Dice in a cold car seems like the only option because. Uh, none of these other things have to do with cooking, so where's the flavor? <laughs> uh, I, I also don't... have to say, I've been listening in the green room over the monitors, and uh, you're getting pretty close uh, with the thank you, <laughs> pronunciation of her name. This is, this uh, is you're, forcing you're me to practice. You're yourself out. I've had to say it uh, badly now enough times that I'm slowly picking up how to say it correctly. I'm not I'm, I refuse to practice. But if, you know, through the power of democracy and voting, our listeners and the Academy, the esteemed Academy have uh, forced me to say it as many times as possible. I guess I have to say it as many times as possible. Alex, I agree. You have gotten very close. Uh, it's been very impressive. You, I feel what happens to me is that you get. 55 percent 65 percent into the name every no no every time you're it's i'm not saying in total i'm saying through the name you oh, get like oh, 55 oh, or 65 percent in and then i'm like he's gonna get it and then you like do the thing where on the layup you like take the extra step and you just like barely don't quite get the basket in but it's like your footwork was so close that's what it feels like. It All right, let me let me see asmoron more see the problem is i have i can't like read it asmoron <laughs> asmoron Asmor, ugh, now it's now we're now we've now we've talked about now it too much. Asmoran Amor Dakai Dastindakaldakar. Yeah, pretty close. That's the best. That's that's pretty it. Close. That was my that's my victory lap. I'm gonna take it along. Oh, Ben's back, so I can turn his camera on. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and so, I mean, uh, congratulations. You've you've. Uh, one now this is your second award plus your cookbook also an award-winning cookbook now uh how does it how does it feel uh it it feels great so there have been a lot of uh new legendary creatures uh that were first seen in flavor tech flavor text in the past few years um 
ones that come to mind are uh, Massacre Girl from the Plane of Ravnica in War of the Spark. Uh, there were a whole bunch in uh, Commander Legends. Uh, you had uh, Elena and Halana, the rule friends of Innistrad, um, Tago, another Dominarian. Um, it seems to be something, uh, obviously Commander Legends, you're going to have a lot of legends there. Uh, but it seems to be something that uh, Wizards is starting to do a little more, which I guess is partly because they have uh, two and a half decades of stuff to pull from. Uh, but I think it's really nice to see uh, because you know that there's someone out there for all of these flavor text uh, characters who really loved the cards that they were featured in flavor text for and now are finally getting to see the characters that they've imagined for so many years. It's, it's kind of how like they've done polls where there's no Pokemon and, and there was, I think the first time they did it, but because it was this, they're no longer, there's no longer a Pokemon that doesn't have a favorite. That's not the favorite of someone. Like every time they do a massive poll of who's your favorite Pokemon, every Pokemon is picked all 890, whatever of them are, or I don't know how many there are anymore. But so I think, I think it's similar, right? Like there's, there's really, really strong flavor connection. Um, in magic and there's a ton of different characters mentioned on a ton of different worlds and getting a chance to bring them into 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 reality especially the notable ones has been really cool um i'm still excited that you know uh, people are talking about bringing ashnod in as someone we haven't seen and there's still stuff there's still an un, there's still untapped resources of famous characters we got torak though we got we got asmore we got we're gonna get i feel like they're they're working their way down Perfect. All right. Uh, I think I think I think that is. And unless you have anyone else you would like to thank uh, for we the music is playing in the background to pull people off. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, threw out the the names um, of you know Massacre Girl and so on. Those those are uh, all the ones that came before. Perfect. Are Asmarana, Marta Dice, and Nicole Dakar's, uh thankfulness people. Absolutely. Alex, did you hear the skill with which that name was delivered? That's the skill you need to aspire to. I, that was I, like an amazing delivery. I will never have that amount of skill in saying any word uh, <laughs> in the English language, uh, nor typing them. Uh, thank you again, Oddward, and uh, have fun in the green room, and we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. That was it for flavor. We, got, we have, I believe... Only one more category left. And, uh, you know, it's been a great show. I want to thank everyone in the audience for, for sticking with us. I want to thank uh, our esteemed guests and uh, uh, award acceptors uh, in the green room. We'll probably bring all three of you back in uh, at the very end once we go through the award show um, and and talk through that. Thank you to our, our sponsor, TCG Player. Thank you. Uh, please uh, click on the link shared in the chat in the description below. Uh, when shopping, getting your... Uh, magic card needs if you go to tcg player and use that link we uh they'll they'll thank us through monetary happiness and then uh make sure to check out our patreon as well patreon.com slash dmmcast uh where that's how most of this happens they're they're they they are the real all-stars behind this podcast uh thank you all patreon friends and family uh and yeah and so let's let's get in this is this is the final award best card there's a lot of powerful cards in this set and, a lot of and this voting has been happening over the last three weeks. So it's possible that, you know, power levels being different. There's also a level of like format specificity is not here. So if the commander players are out here voting, there's legendary creatures out there. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things, uh, you know, going into Modern Horizons 2. I was definitely uh, worried about the power level of the set. You know, uh, uh, Modern Horizons uh, 1 was like 
with War of the Spark just at the beginning of that run of multiple extraordinarily powerful sets and cards, modern warping sets that made the format almost feel like a rotating format. Basically from War of the Spark and Modern Horizons through Ikoria, we had an environment where just like literally every month the entire format changed out from under it, cards being banned. Um, So it getting to the point now where um this has been much more of a fun addition to the format opening up to the world of magic being played in store right like we got to play magic for the first time in person uh, a few weeks ago card stores opened up for the modern horizons 2 pre-release i think it's a great opening to a, a world where in paper magic is being played again and i'm just really excited uh by that prospect getting to hang out with friends in person cracking packs and 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 sitting down to play some modern I mean, it's going to be super fun. I was supposed to play this last weekend in the Horizons pre-release, and I unfortunately, I was having a birthday party thing on Saturday, and so the day kind of went away, and I was not able to play, but I was so disappointed. I do have a box of Horizons showing up, uh, and we also have been both invited. I know you have one as well, so we were both invited to a draft. I can't wait to draft Horizons, too. I'm really looking forward to it. Yep, it's it's, uh, I'm excited for the world to turn itself back on. Um and get to play these cards and, and get to play it's I think it's one of the best ways to open up the world in for the magic community side is is with a set like this. Um I wish it was a little bit more affordable, right? I think that is if we want to be critique it, I think that's my biggest complaint is like I don't know if this needs to be as expensive as it is. I think it would be a little bit more welcoming, especially in the world where we're opening it up to the world. It could have been a little less expensive, but uh, there's also a lot of value there, right? Every pack is worth what you're buying. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting experience. Now into the nominations, any, any other things about what the best card could be thoughts, wishes, dreams, you know, I mean, I think there's a few that come to mind. I want to hear the nominations, though we did the nominations together, I believe. Uh, but I, I think if I recall correctly, that the best card conversation is probably, the funny thing is, I don't remember us putting Urza Saga on the list of nominations. Uh, so it's pot, but I maybe it got added. I just didn't remember that being on there. It feels to me like we're looking at grief, we're looking at solitude, we're looking at counterspell, we're looking at ignoble hierarch. That's that's the stuff that jumps out at Ragavan. That's maybe the five right there. Uh, there are six, so this is the largest. Similar to the Academy Awards, uh, we we allowed for there to be more than just the cap of five, uh, and those uh, those are. Urza's Saga, Grief, Asmoran Namor de It's the it's yeah. that last two syllables. Uh, Ignoble <laughs> Hierarch, Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer, and Duathi Voidwalker. Oh, right. I keep forgetting Duathi Voidwalker. Why do I think that card's so... I, I feel like I'm surprised people like that card as much it's as cause, they do. It's because we've gotten preview cards in the past that were not playable at all. <laughs> And, and we thought they were very, and we like thought they were very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Duathi Voidwalkers out here being our like second best preview card after after Fatal Push. So um, it's a it's a heavy hitting category. I mean, all of these cards will see a ton of play. Uh, as more, I like like the more it's won awards and been nominated in things, the more I think she has the chance to be another card that's banned. Like her and her cookbook being like an actual banned contention card. Um, just from the perspective of like graveyard shenanigans decks in the past have been dangerous and so i don't think she inherently is that powerful but if she just like leads to those engines being that powerful and it'd be weird if they banned the cookbook and not her yeah i mean i think the one thing about this is (sighs) it's like one of those cards that's like deceptively powerful because i feel like if you actually think about what it's doing in modern you know it it's legendary, right? She's legendary. Yes. 
it's a three, three for one that gets you this other thing that's really cool and then has this food ability. But really at the end of the day, like what you're getting is a, you know, three power creature for one that like is what's happening, like truly. And that's very good. Like it is very good. And and getting the cookbook is also very good. Like there's things to it. And the six damage thing is cool, but it doesn't feel to me in the same way that like when powered by other factors, Phoenix was unbeatable. They got rid of the other factors. And so then Phoenix became not as good. Like given what we have in the format right now, this just feels like it's going to be a card that slots into powerful things. But even just the fact that it's legendary, like I know you're getting the cookbook and all that, but like, to think about prized amalgam that card's really 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 good it's it's a three three for free basically that is not legendary and it's very good like it's a it's a key part of those decks we've never talked about banning prized amalgam we've never even begun to have that conversation and it's not legendary i think it's possible i doubt it though on this card i feel like the i feel like the power level of what's going on in modern is high enough that this is going to be good not going to get banned though sure sure I, yeah i think i think to me it has more to do with the cookbook and this being a thing together, right? Like those two working together in a weird way. But I, I don't even know if she's going to be banned. I don't think she's seeing enough play at the moment. I'm saying once Urza's is banned, if I were to pick a card that we've discussed tonight that looks like the next step in Problematic, uh, she's she's on my list. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot of great cards here. Um, all all very powerful. All all already seeing play to some extent in the format. And and I'm excited to see the which which then which one's going to be the best i think i think urza saga obviously is is pretty defining um it will be banned uh and and or or i don't know if it will be banned but it, it's on that kind of list <laughs> I think it'll be banned. uh <laughs> people are pretty convinced and and i think all of them all all have a good chance of seeing a lot of play for the future and the award for best card in modern horizons 2 goes to urza's saga Yep. And and luckily we do have Miss Tappy Toeclaus here to accept the award on behalf of of the saga. Phenomenal way to end the show. Hello. 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 Thank you so much. I'd, I'd like to thank uh, obviously all of you folks, um, the the Academy, uh, this one and and the Telerian one. Uh, speaking of cards that need to be banned. Or have been banned, banned in almost everything. Um, this one we'll see, I suppose. But in the meantime, we'll we'll enjoy our time water. <laughs> uh, may you live forever. That's the goal. <laughs> I think if you just pickle your insides, you just like you mummify yourself when you just stay alive out of spite. I think. That's, I mean, that's the current working plan. Science is an evolving project, as as you see. But um, I mean, and hopefully we'll get there. Any science advanced enough is magic, right? And so, really, this is science: the gathering. <laughs> I, what, at one point, it will become science: the gathering what? once we fully understand and write it down. Yes, exactly. But uh, uh, obviously, we have to mash a few more card types together uh, <laughs> before we can. Uh, actually get to the the known science of it but i'm really excited this card exists very candidly so i'm happy to accept uh this the award not i mean this too but the award on this card's behalf i i i am so excited in commander and legacy 
and Highlander to search for many a zero and one drop artifact and put it into play for free. Um, if only there were good zero and one cost artifacts. I'm and never heard, never heard of it. There's at least a, there's at least according to this award show one cookbook that fits that description. So uh, oh, that really does that's feel like true, the part of no no feel- offense to Madam Kadyson Akaldakar, but uh, I think I maybe have some better ones in mind. It does feel like the part of the card that is the most unnecessary when you look at the final ability. Like it, the fact that it was zero or one, it could have just been zero or one, or it, you know, right? Like it, it could have, like you could have just like chopped that down a little bit. But the fact that it's zero or one just gives something that's already—it's a freaking land. Like it's a land. <laughs> you're, 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 you're just like a land that is going to get you something real sweet on the third turn. I guess it's a temporary land. It's like a vanishing land, that, so they want to pay you off, but still. If it was just zero, like that would have been fine. We could have just gotten, you know, zero drops. I mean, I think I think the thing that like to realize is by turn four, how often are you like in need of that fourth land, right? Or fifth land, and especially in this deck, this card where like it's seeing the most play with Primeval Titan. And we're going, we don't need lands. Right. Like like when Primeval Titan is finding this card to then, or, or this is in a deck with Primeval Titan, and then this finds Amulet on the turn that you play Primeval Titan, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what that you have that land because you have four more lands entering the battlefield. So yes, I think, I think that this is... Uh, like the fact that it's seeing a lot of play in artifact decks, it's seeing a lot of play in enchantment decks, it's seeing a lot of play in lands decks, it's seeing a lot of play in just any deck that needs puts lands into play, uh, is is a is a specific sign that it needs to maybe go away. But it allowed it allowed uh, uh, Tappy to celebrate with Time Water <laughs> three times. Uh, made it, it made a good. Currently, it will hold the record uh, as more uh, getting uh, two plus her cookbook getting one does not count. Uh, Urza will will currently hold the uh, Masters of Modern Academy Awards uh, record for Naturally. most most awards. And and I do uh, I do want to say thank you thank you Tappy for for joining us. And I want to bring on our other our other esteemed. A uh, guest from the green room to to end the show. Oh. Uh, so 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 that is that is that is going to be it for the show. Uh, thank you, Ben, uh, for for co-hosting the Academy Awards. Thank you, the audience, uh, for being a great great uh, group of folks hanging out. Uh, and thank you, thank you, uh, our winners uh, more than anything for being great cards and being great representative for those cards. <laughs> Yeah, thanks guys. This was a fun show. Yes. It was really nice to uh, hang out with you all and yeah. And and really quickly, uh you can find this podcast on youtube.com slash the MMcast. We will be releasing this video as a fully edited video Monday. Uh so if you want to see all of those shenanigans there, there might even be like sound added when we're like dragging people off. That's a hint to our friendly editors <laughs> uh, we will subtle subtle uh, we will also uh, make sure to follow us uh, on Twitter at the MMcast. I am at Kess Wiley on Twitter you guys can find me at Ben Bateman media on the 28th of June over on my uh, youtube.com slash nerds and suits I have my second song for my upcoming album dropping which I'm very excited about uh, it's coming out so get excited about that uh, I'll be going on tour uh, I think in November now I'll be going to 10 cities in November so I should hopefully be coming to a major city near you. So um, thanks for supporting what we do. Um, all right. And, and uh, I'm going to list off all y'all in order, top to bottom. Uh, Carson, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at CMAS13 or moderating some of your favorite Discord uh, servers, including 
Madame Toclaws here, uh, the Rules Committee, and Olivia Gover Hicks. Oddward. There you go. Uh, you can find me at Oddward Friendry on Twitter and here and there around the internet doing other things. And Tappy? I'm Tappy Toclaws. I'm your loud inosaur- internet dinosaur friend. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tappy Toclaws, Instagram at Tappy Toclaws, and now I'm on TikTok at Tappy Toclaws. Uh, sometimes I stream at Tappy Toclaws, and you can generally find me anywhere where a dumb cost artifact is going to break a format. This is this is true. And uh, speaking of TikTok, I'm also on TikTok. Now, we have gotten from chat, Ben, as <laughs> as we sign off, uh, a request for you to play us off. So I think that was promised in the time uh, before this show well, no, started song. Uh, for, oh, for, for you to pick up a guitar and sing it off. If they like slowly uh, turn the sound off and then turn the stream off uh, <laughs> with you playing in the background. What am I going to what am I going to play? I don't know. You're the musician. I don't know anything about song. I know mo- less about music than I know about saying words correctly. Ooh, Kess, you do yourself a disservice. <laughs> I do not believe that. <laughs> I know a lot about not saying words correctly. I'll have you know, guys. That's true. <laughs> I wish I had a lighter. Nowadays, everyone just raises their phone. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll just play a song. I'll start to play a song or something. Well, don't, don't a you song have a, that I like to play. Do you have a song idea, What's or that? do you need? Do you actually need a, a like a? You have a song that you wrote. <laughs> oh, I could play that song. That's a, that's an aggressive song. I mean, just play, but I do love it. Play, I could play whatever, play whatever you want. Then. <laughs> All right, I'll play. I'll oh, sure. I'll play that song. This, this was the first song off the album that I released. This was a few weeks ago. All right, here we go. I can't believe I'm performing this right now. All right, here we go. <laughs> We're doing it live. Let's get the story straight. It's gonna be tonight. I'll keep it short and sweet. I'll finally be there on time. And just because we're not.
It's gonna. I'll, we'll, we'll call it there. I'm not all right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, do all the internet things. Thanks, you guests. We'll see you all next Monday at 7.30 p.m. during our normal Commander stream. Uh, and thank you, audience and guests and Ben. Good, good music playing. Thanks, guys. Next Thanks for job, watching ben. the show. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.